Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ray and Sharon, they're done. Chelsea's now a millionaire, apparently, from a husband that left her five million. And Phyllis is now having a change of heart and acting entirely differently than what I would have expected. Ready to discuss this and more? Stay tuned for this week's Restless Rap. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, everybody. Here, I'm Rachel Goodman here with another crazy week on Genoa City, the, the Young and the Restless. We have so much to dive in and talk about, but if you wait until the very end, we have not only the content review, but we're going to have our laugh out loud moment, so definitely stay tuned for that. And I am solo today, so everybody who's in the chat right now, we I will definitely, we, as if I'm two people, I will definitely be... Um, you know, looking at your comments throughout this show. So if you have anything, if you're listening live and you have anything you want to say, um, definitely let me know and we will shout it out. I will shout it out because apparently I keep calling myself two people. I'm, I'm here with you. Oh, Ryan okay. in the booth right here. Ryan in the booth is with me and shout out to Ryan. He introduced me to a guy named Jackson Brown, the musician, <laughs> and we were listening to him before the show started. So I am ready to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me go through. I'm going to give a shout out to everybody we have in the chat right now. We have Amy Caraluzzo. We have Mary. Double shout out to Mary. If everybody, if everyone who's been following for a while remembers um, about, I think it was a couple weeks, maybe a month ago, Mary let us know that her daughter was, uh, didn't know it yet, but her boyfriend was going to engage, was going to propose to her. Well, Mary gave us an update and says, hi, Rachel, my daughter accepted the marriage proposal in jamaica she said yes they will get married in september of 2020 so big congratulations to mary and her daughter that is some really exciting news keep us posted we want to know all about it um we also have jerry jacks in the chat hubby joe we have i'm just scrolling down here uh susan russo and it looks like aaron brody is here I think I hit everybody. Drew M. Thank you, Drew M., for uh, joining today. And um, just want to give a, in case anybody um, doesn't see this live, uh, Ryan from the booth says, congrats to Mary. So double congrats going at you. And uh, well, yeah, we have a lot of people now saying um, congrats to Mary and her daughter. Let's. Uh, <laughs> so we're going some, from some really happy news to a couple that is engaged to. Sharon and Ray. Let's talk about a couple who isn't doing so well right now in Genoa City. Yeah, Ray and Sharon, they kind of sort of, well, definitely broke up. And it's kind of frustrating. I don't know about for you guys, but for me, 
I'm a little frustrated at both Ray and Sharon. I get where each of them are coming from, um, but Sharon seems to be getting the blame here from everybody else, like Mariah. Um, I wouldn't say Billy is necessarily blaming Sharon, but nobody seems to be taking her side or understanding her perspective, which I get because if we remember from last week, basically what happened was that, um, well, I think it was, yeah, I think it was from a couple weeks ago, actually, where Sharon decided she was going to jump up, help out. Adam and like step up to be the foster for Christian and we all know that that was kind of the last straw for Ray and he first he left um, Sharon's place and went to stay at a hotel at the club and when she approached Ray about it first of all can we talk about the fact that Ray answered the door without a shirt on now I know this isn't really part of the actual storyline but it but it kind of is because it happened who just randomly answers the door, like, at a hotel without their shirt on? Was this really, like, <laughs> I feel like sometimes Y&R just wants to have dudes without their shirts on, and so they will take advantage of any opportunity that they can do this. So, yes, we had a shirtless Ray answering the door with Sharon, and I kind of found that funny. It didn't make it into the law moment, but I did find it funny enough to the point where I was genuinely curious why <laughs> this happened this way. Um, and so the, well, the the important thing is that <laughs> after we cut the scene and we got back to them, he had his shirt on and they started talking about everything that was going on and why, like whether or not they were going to actually stay together. And it didn't really get very far. At first, it kind of seemed like Ray was willing to hear Sharon and kind of talk to her a little bit about this. But Sharon really quickly just decided that she just pretty much started defending Adam. And that's where it went. And there was nothing, there was no, like, discussion. It was just, well, this is how I feel about Adam, and this is why he's doing these things. And she just starts, she, like, psychologically analyzing him and giving him excuses. And so I agree with Ray in that sense that, like, lit- like pretty much what Sharon did was just analyze Adam and give him excuses and not, like, instead of realize how this could affect any partner she's with, not just Ray, but anybody, but especially Ray, because we know that he's been cheated on um, in, in his marriage with Mia. He doesn't want to deal with that again. And Ray did point out the fact that, hey, um, you seem to be that person who you love people when they're damaged and that when you want to help them. But... Okay, so now I've just kind of went over this from Ray's perspective and how I can see how he would be correct. And if I were Ray, I'd be equally as pissed off about this. I would not want uh, my partner to be talking to this man who is not only manipulative, but, you know, a, a former love of sorts. I wouldn't like it either. So I get that. Okay, but from Sharon's perspective, she said it herself that she'd be helping a stranger, let alone somebody she she considers a friend, which, okay, I don't really get that either. Some guy who she was kind of starting to see as being manipulative, who she sort of pushed away, and now she's like, yeah, I would do it for a friend. I would do it for a stranger or a friend, blah, blah, blah. But um, I do kind of see her perspective a little bit, too, because instead of just pushing Sharon away, 
Ray maybe could have talked it through first. And he even said that when Sharon first arrived, that he should have had a deeper conversation with her instead of just storming out and moving away. Um, they, they could have, especially like, I feel, I feel like it's kind of twofold here. Um, Sharon pointed out the fact that it really isn't about Adam per se, as it is about the fact that Mia cheated on Ray and now he's being extra cautious. And I think that Sharon's argument has merit too. So it's kind of like they both made some very valid points. I think that this could have been resolved if they had just kept talking it through. But Ray is very fast now to say, no, I'm done with this. I'm out of this. And I think that that, that's where I I feel bad for Sharon because I, I understand like I feel like he is taking out on Sharon what was meant for Mia still, and that part of him is still, go, you know, processing getting cheated on the way that Mia did, not just in the marriage, but then they separated, then they were trying to work on things again, and she did it again, She got pre- Mia got pregnant with somebody else's baby. I can, I can understand that Ray is still processing all of this, but I do feel like he is taking it out more on Sharon because of what he's been through so that's kind of one perspective the other is at the same time i understand why ray would be mad and pissed off and not want to deal with this because sharon is coming across as somebody who um is going after the person like who she feels like she can fix so it's kind of like okay sharon you shouldn't be talking to this person but Ray, I feel like, should have given her more of an opportunity to discuss it with him, and he should have worked a little harder to somehow find a resolution. So Ray was quick to say goodbye, and Sharon was quick to not recognize how this particular person could really—her involvement with them, even as just a friend, could really affect Ray. And she didn't really seem to understand. Um, she's so busy— putting herself in Adam's shoes, she really should have put herself in Ray's shoes more, considering he's the one that she's with. And if he doesn't like it, then she really needs to put more weight on consideration toward him and not Adam. Let me check in with the chat and see if anybody has any thoughts or comments about this. Um, after uh, Ryan says, shout out to Hubby Joe in the chat each and every week. Thank you, Hubby Joe, for always making an appearance. Um, we have a lot of talk. Okay. Jerry Jack says, Sharon needs to do this, not Ray. Uh, Drew M, Sharon needs to go to detox for Adam. Like, come on, Sharon. You just got in everyone, got on everyone's good terms. Uh, Dulaman, I just don't understand where the Sharon Adam soulmate thing is coming from. Uh, maybe there was a mention of soulmates. I don't know. My thing is that I personally, when it comes to Adam and Sharon, I don't trust Adam with anybody. I wouldn't even trust Adam. Like, okay, I feel like Chelsea has more of a grip on Adam and, like, how to handle him and maneuver him because she's kind of a con artist, too. So my thing with Adam is that I don't even think that someone on his level like Chelsea would have an under would, – would be able to handle him. So – Sharon, I think she's in way over her head. I think that Adam's just going to manipulate her. It might not even be about the sex. Um, We had somebody, Mary said, Adam will drop her after the sex. Yeah, like, I could see him definitely doing that. But I also think that he just, yeah, I know, right? I also think that he just really likes to mess with people. It's not even about um, 
it's not even about if he needs anything from them. He just likes to mess with people. And I think that's exactly why the writers at YNR brought Adam back right now and brought him back like this, because they just need somebody who just wants to mess with everybody else and do to them the worst thing imaginable, because that is tension and drama. And yeah, Adam, like... Just with everything with, we're going to get into this a little bit later and we can talk about it next, but everything with Christian, for example, and the custody case and Nick, Adam just likes trouble and he just likes working people up. And with Sharon, that's all I think he really wants out of this is just to have somebody who he knows he can get wrapped around his finger and not necessarily do his dirty work because he's got other people for that, but just to do it, just because he knows that he can and that he can mess with things. It He was is so good at it that even when Ray confronted him at the bar, he Adam couldn't even admit to what he was doing. It was just like, oh, well, you know, no, like saying that she's my prey means that I'm going after her and I'm not doing that with Sharon. And he just, Adam just played it so coolly, like, oh, yeah, no, I don't care. Like, like literally, like he just knows how to work people. And he, talk about Adam, talk about a guy who's really good at poker. Adam has a pretty good poker face. So he's able to kind of maneuver around and not show people his tell. Um, and that's a pretty key thing about him is that I feel like even when people kind of have him found out, he might act like it's bad for him, but it's acting. And then we realize like a second later that he does not care and that he knew something all along. Or here's the here's the double thing. To, here's the double whammy is that it could either be that, you know, even if he does slip and show his emotions, he comes back. And because he has enough of a step ahead, he can come back and say, oh, well, I knew you were going to do that, and this is why I reacted that way, or, like, maybe he doesn't even have to directly say it, and I'm thinking of everything going on with Phyllis and Dark Horse and that scene that he had with Phyllis, which was pretty powerful, Um, but we'll get there in a second, too. Let me see what else we have in the chat. Jerry Jacks, Billy Miller should come in as David Kimball's son, or he could come in as Chemo. Um... Malcolm Adderley says, I thought Chance IRL was in Iran, Iraq. Um, That's a really good question if anybody wants to answer. Jerry Jacks, uh, here we go, Drew M, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, Drew M says, I want to know, are they trying to say that Delia is alive? Because this doll stuff with Billy is just morbid and sad. Okay, so let's, we, we touched a lot on Sharon and Ray. That's a really good point about Delia. And I had some thoughts about that too. But really quickly, we'll go into Delia next, really quickly, just to make an announcement since I am chatting with all the fans. I just wanted to say thank you guys for being a part of Restless Rap each and every week. It has helped, it's helped AfterBuzz grow and we couldn't continue to grow without you. We could definitely use your support Um, We have so many different channels with AfterBuzz TV. We cover so many different types of shows. If you are a fan and you watch any of those shows, it would definitely help us out a lot if you liked and followed and commented on those different shows and 
specifically subscribe to the different channels, let us know that you did. And we, I, or maybe Farah and I, when we're here next week, we will uh, we'll definitely give you a shout out and, you know, give you that credit for doing something like that for us. So until then, uh, thank you guys for be for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. And just thank you for continuing to support us because we would not be able to be here without you. So back to everything um, with Billy, because that's a very fascinating topic to cover. We have, okay, so Billy, this isn't the first time that we've seen him kind of go into this nervous breakdown mode. I, we've seen it recently with the gambling. Um, we've seen it. We, we just see how he gets when he is overwhelmed. And I feel so bad for Billy. Like, let me tell you, I like understand what he's going through because it is rough. And I don't know. So here's the thing. I don't know where they're going with this storyline. Speaking of Delia, if they're trying to say she's alive, if they're trying to say it really is her spirit, if they're trying to say that it's just Billy and he's going through a breakdown, it could be any of those things, really, truly. And um, I would buy any of them. I just kind of want to know which one it is and what they're going for. We, not this week, the end of last week, we heard Delia's voice just in voiceover. We heard her. So, and, and it, we didn't have a reaction from Billy. And I remember commenting on that, commenting on that last week because if we didn't have um, a reaction from him, they almost made it look like what was happening is that Delia was around. Um, her spirit maybe like because we didn't see anybody it almost made it look like she was around in spirit and that billy didn't see her and it almost confirmed that what was happening to him was real and that there was something going on that wasn't just in his mind but then this week everything with billy just went from bad to worse so we know that he we kind of had a we had a scene with um, Billy and Sharon where Sharon was confiding in him about Ray and then Billy was confiding in Sharon about what he was going through with these hauntings or whatever it is with Delia. And um, that's that's what we got with them. And Victoria saw them talking, didn't hear the conversation, but obviously she was a little upset about it because she didn't know what was going on and um, when we saw Billy and Victoria later they pretty much went over they had that conversation I was waiting to see them have which was that a lot's been going on they haven't had a lot of time to talk and Billy Victoria did bring up the conversation she saw with Sharon but Billy didn't really get into anything about it he wouldn't he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about what was going on. He just kind of kept Victoria out. And I think part of it is not to shut Victoria out, but it's because it's really hard to handle what he's going through. Um, when you're going, even if it's just, even if it's a breakdown, whatever he is going through, um, it is affecting his mental health. He's unhinged. He's barely able to hold it together. Billy is just having a really rough time right now. And it's kind of hard when you're in this, when you're in your own breakdown, it's hard to know, like, okay, well, how much can I really, how do I explain this? How do I talk to the person I'm with? Like, it's a really hard thing to do. And so, all right, like, we get to we get to the really, like, the worst part of this whole week for Billy was when he woke up at Chancellor's Place 
And it was just, yeah, like he didn't know. He went to sleep. He took sleeping pills that he told Sharon he was going to do. They weren't his. He took Victoria's sleeping pills. He ended up trying to go to sleep. When he woke up, he was not at his place anymore, and he had driven to the Chancellor House. So that's the now it's getting it's going from okay, he's really affected by these dreams to now he is driving in his sleep. And it all kind of like he finally he told Victoria, he ended up agreeing he would go to therapy and he did all of this. And therapy was really like I could see how much of a struggle this was for him, um, especially because the therapist brought up all the rough questions. So uh, and then my my biggest question is. Um, okay, so we know we saw the doll after all of this, after Billy trying to do all the right things, he goes back to sleep at his place with, with Victoria, and there's one of Delia's dolls just hanging out on the pillow. So my my question is, like we like they were bringing up in the chat, is like, what's going on with this? Is it really um, Delia's spirit? It, it almost, I feel like it's... I feel like, honestly, it's Adam trying to mess with him because kind of going back to what I said earlier, Adam likes to mess with people. He knows Sharon's weaknesses. He's working her there. He also knows what's going on. Um, he always he also knows Nick's weaknesses with Christian, and he knows that the point of tension between him and Billy has to do with Delia. So I know, like, we'll get into this a little bit more in predictions, but I'm kind of thinking that this really isn't um, Delia. And, like, one thing, so this kind of also brings us back to the end of last week where we heard the voiceover of Delia. Well, Billy, one of the things he mentioned to Victoria this week was that he was hearing Delia's voice, which kind of confirms to me that Delia... It might not be the spirit of her. It might literally be all in Billy's mind. And then he's going through all of this. And that what's egging him on is Adam doing all these things by placing the doll. Maybe Adam was writing the letter, you know, the lettering in the Chancellor house. We don't know. And I, I'm leaning toward it being that and that Adam's goal is just to mess with Billy and maybe there is no good reason. Maybe it's to piss Victoria off. Maybe it's to maybe it is specifically like especially now like it may not have started this way but especially the fact that Victoria has Christian maybe Adam is doing this because it will look really bad to a judge if there is a person who is going through a breakdown um living in the same house with the child who is not fit to take care of the child. Maybe that is Adam's endgame here, which would make sense considering the circumstances. Um, even though when this whole thing started with Billy, it Adam may not have realized, maybe, maybe he would have, Adam would not have realized that Victoria would have gotten custody of the child. Um, but maybe he did. Maybe it was a suspicion that Adam had. Who knows? Um, we have a lot of comments. I'm just going to go down the line here. Uh, Jerry Jacks, Delia is Annabelle. Interesting theory. Uh, Hubby Joe, Adam is so bad. He is even aging Christian. <laughs> but um, bump, considering the joke there that Christian, the actor playing Christian, was changed. And literally, literally in the matter of a week, we went from seeing a two or three year old who could barely speak to a seven or eight year old. Well, maybe he's like six or seven. Um, who could, who can now have a full conversation with his father. Uh, so yeah, hilarious. Um, we have drew M 
So they're going to do... I think I'm missing something here. Drew M says so they're going to do the same thing they did with Sharon and Nick's daughter. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, Cassie and Mariah coming in, maybe um, now if they did it that way, I mean that's interesting. They could. Um, now I was not watching Y and R when Delia died, so if anyone can tell me if there's a possible way for them to bring Delia back, like to say that she never died at all, um, I would be curious because we all know that soaps have a tendency of doing that and bringing back people in any way possible, <laughs> Adam. Um, so uh, that was one thing that I was thinking is that it's actually Delia and that she is alive, like everybody was like that one comment um and that she is maybe working with adam somehow the same way that i think cassie was working with victor um at least i believe that's how it went down let's see we have drew m one thing i think is funny is on yr you die but magically have a twin uh that then you come back a few years later brainwashed um Malcolm Adderley, except Cassie got all the good scripts. <laughs> Nikisha Jones, haven't watched in a good two months, but I just want to say thanks for the review and keep up the good work, Rachel. Thank you for stopping in, and uh, we'll definitely, I'll definitely look for more of your comments, too. Uh, Duleman, in response to my question about Delia, says, No, she's dead. Well... <laughs> Well, uh, Jerry Jack's Delia was born on a Friday and her twin was born on Saturday, so it was off camera. Yeah, there's going to be a twin. I don't know. But, like, I I don't know. That would be... That would be kind of annoying if they recycle that plot line and make Delia, you know, give her a twin. (laughs) But... Um, interestingly enough, uh, I, I don't know. Let me know in the comments what your thoughts are. We'll touch it on a little bit more in predictions. Let's touch on everything happening with Nick and the everything going on with Nick, Victoria, the custody. And then after that, we have a couple of like random little like smaller plot lines to kind of go over before we get to our law moment. So. We had, um, kind of tying in with Nick here, we had a, a couple of scenes with Michael that have to do with Adam. He is now going to be running for, well, not running for DA, more like Christine is resigning and then Michael's going to take over her position um, so that he can be kind of more, you know, involved, um, more in a position to help Adam. Michael's in this rough place. Like, I... I from what I've seen of him, this seems this feels a little uncharacteristic. But then again, he's probably doing it to help his brother. So I could see that being some. I could see helping his brother being more important than being a law-abiding citizen. So Michael's in this place right now where he is he's being forced to kind of well, not forced per se, but um, kind of stuck in this place where he has to do Adam's bidding and. Um, Michael's trying to make the most of it, but I almost feel like part of what Michael might be doing is trying to get this position so that he can crack down on Adam and fight back a little better than he can. Um, I almost thought when he had that scene with Christine that he was going to tell her what was going on so that they could work together and figure this out, but he did not. And Christine, Michael planted the idea in Christine's mind that she should resign Christine went to Paul. Paul kind of agreed with it and was like, yeah, okay, well, if you think that's the right thing to do, then resign early instead of just waiting for this, you know, to run out. 
Um, so we had everything with that, which, like, I'm really scared for Michael to see how he's going to get tied up in this. And also how this is going to affect his marriage. Because I, I don't see, like, we've, we've been talking about how certain couples are last for a very long time. And Michael, he's in one of those relationships. And I feel like something like this would really mess with that and bring more drama to the marriage than we've seen um, in a while anyway. Um, Okay, so we have everything with Michael. And then everything with Nick, um, we had – first we had the situation with Phyllis going to Nick. And we realized that Phyllis had been working with Victoria and kind of giving – Basically, they kind of created the shell company so that Nick could get back some of his um, property from Dark Horse. And we kind of saw this play out with Nick. Like, one, we saw how this affected his relationship with Phyllis, which to me, this seemed, um, I could believe that Phyllis was doing this behind everybody's back, but it seemed a little uncharacteristic of her right now because she, Phyllis, was in such a bad place after how they all screwed her over, kind of. I mean, not that she didn't dig her own grave in a way, but that she was the one who got the blame for everything, and she was out for blood. And so now, not necessarily at Nick, but, like, with Jabot, so now Phyllis is kind of doing this thing where she's trying to help Jabot and trying to help Dark Horse and trying to, well, not Dark Horse, but Nick on behalf of, you know, what Dark Horse used to be. Um, Just that she's trying to help them. I mean, I could see her doing it with Nick, but not so much Jabot, so that sort of confused me. But everything with Nick seems like she's on okay terms with him now. Not great terms, but better terms than they were before anyway. Um, So we kind of left it on a better note there. Phyllis left things on a better note with Summer after she did this. Um, We have everything with uh, Nick and Adam seems like it's heating up. So what kind of really triggered it is that Victoria, who has custody of Christian, has been kind of – she keeps telling Adam that she's busy, that she like she won't have time to take Christian to see Adam. And then she go, you know, then she makes it very obvious and hangs out with Nick and Christian in the park, which I thought was kind of a dumb move to tell Adam, oh, yeah, like, I'm so busy, and then go to a public place with Nick with Christian. I get that they want to go to the park, but Genoa City is not that big. We've only really seen one park. So I just think that Victoria and Nick should have been smarter about it if that's what they're doing and keeping Adam away. But okay, I mean, that's how it is. And at the very end, the way that this was set up is that now Nick and Adam kind of came head to head. And it was sort of like, okay, well, now things are going down between us, and it's going to be a real fight. So I think we're going to have a lot more with that. Um, we're seeing kind of we're kind of, we're seeing Nick act not the way that he was when he first started with Dark Horse, but there's some of that like um, like not that's some of that like sneaky bad attitude. Except he's applying it to his feelings. He's applying it to everything with Adam. But then at the same time, he's doing the right thing professionally with, you know, not really starting Dark Horse back up again with the properties that he's gotten back. But um, the fact that he's going to do, he's going to take one specific property 
and turn it into New Hope, which Hubby Joe was watching with me, and he asked, he was like, well, is Star Wars going to have a say in this? Because, obviously, New Hope, Star Wars, yeah, I thought that was funny, too. Um, But, yeah, so, like, obviously, Nick is, professionally speaking, doing kind of what we saw with Nick before everything with Dark Horse. He's being more like his old self. But then with Adam, we still see some of that, like, fighting Nick that we were seeing um, when everybody was calling him the new victor with Dark Horse. So it's kind of, like, we're seeing somebody a little bit different here. Um, Drew M., one thing I would love is to be rich enough to see a multi-million company and just move on like nothing happened. Uh, Jerry Jacks, we need Psycho Michael back. That would be interesting. And Let's see. We have Jerry Jacks also saying, uh, we've built the park. Got to We've built the park set. Got to use it every day or CBS will get pissed. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Drew M., what if Michael's wife, Lauren, dies because of one of his little brother's schemes? What would Michael do? That would be a very interesting um, thought. And then Jerry Jacks says, Michael will go to her funeral wearing a chipmunk outfit. <laughs> interesting i'm not sure i quite um get the joke but if anyone wants to fill me in on the chipmunk outfit thing maybe it was a thing in the past um well in any case uh let's go ahead and kind of touch on the last um little pieces of everything that happened this week before we get to our law moment um okay so um and just to mention too kind of going off of nick Chelsea is now a millionaire. There isn't much right now to talk about with that, other than the fact that she now has $5 million, and it seems shady, like super shady, and I expected this Daryl guy to turn around and do something really, really bad. Um, I still kind of expect that. I think this is too good to be true, and that Chelsea has been set up somehow. I don't know how, Um, but yeah, I I just feel like it was a setup. And um, even, yeah, the way that he wanted her to sign those that paperwork so fast, too, was a red flag to me. Um, okay, Lola and Kyle, to kind of jump here. The big thing with them, aside from everything going on with Celeste, Celeste just left. Like, apparently she was so upset that Lola did not tell her about the surgery and everything going on with that that she decided she was going to leave and went back with Arturo and Mia and the baby, well, unborn baby. And we had everything going on with that, and Lola, and it was just, we had a lot of really nice moments with Lola and Kyle, and right now I think that they're one of my favorite couples on the show, especially after the last couple weeks we've had, and we've seen how much Kyle has grown and everything that he's doing for her. Um, I would just say that, yeah, like right now, um, it's just nice to see them and in such a good place, and to see how Kyle is going above and beyond trying to um, be there for Lola, so much that he, he tried to call Celeste and we kind of see that he found out that part of what drove Celeste away was talking to to Theo and Kyle finally so we we've been wondering for weeks what was going on with Kyle and um, Theo in New York because they made it sound like like even Kyle the way that he would talk to Lola about it they made it sound like it was just like a lot of partying a lot of hooking up with women And just like a, you know, like a typical, like what you would expect from that kind of crowd, especially with Theo. 
But this week we got something that was a little bit different, and that was when Kyle went to confront Theo about what was happening, like about him going to Celeste and saying, oh, you told her about New York. This is where we got something a little bit more from Theo. Theo said, yeah, well, we, you know, we covered it up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We had to take care of it. And that, to me, made it sound like there actually was something worse than just the partying that they had to take care of. And it also makes me wonder how much Theo told Celeste. I assumed it was just everything we'd been hearing and what we saw in the scene between them. But it sounds like Theo may have gone above and beyond and that Celeste knows the truth, which Lola doesn't yet know, and that there was this whole other thing that happened that they're covering up and that they don't want to talk about. And that's really, like, going to blow everything, you know, out of the water and that Lola might not want to get married to him anymore. Like, it really sounds like there has to be something bigger um, and that we're going to—I feel like we're going to see— New York and that past that Theo and Kyle are not talking about, we're going to see it come back to haunt both of them, especially Kyle, because obviously Theo wants this to happen to him, so we get this friend back. But I just feel like um, we're going to see a lot more of that, and that there's going to be other people who show up who are involved. Um, and then Drew M is saying, the part with Victor almost made me cry, watching him almost fall. And I was so glad that Jack called for help and didn't just leave him. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, um, Victor, we, we've not, we saw him kind of make like a slip at society a couple weeks ago. But this week, Victor, he had a really good prognosis. Um, Nate was getting him into like a special, um, like a like a like a different kind of program to kind of help and it was supposed to really be like taking things to the next level to treat him um victor went to tell summer what had happened and how he was doing and we had that very touching scene between the two of them and then right after that victor ended up almost passing out by his car and he was at Jabot, which is where he had met up with Summer, and it was just really touching that he would call Jack. Um, Nate didn't answer, so he called Jack, and Jack actually went down and helped him. And it's just really nice after all these years to see how they are with each other after all the anima- animosity, after all the anger and the feuding, to see Jack stepping up and helping Victor, and to see that in a way... They, I don't want to say buried all their negative feelings because I think that it's still going to be there. But um, they almost—it's almost kind of like, okay, well, we're we're older now, and yeah, we've had a really rough time uh, in the past. But it's almost like they're they're at, a, at an age where they realize what really matters, and that that everything that they thought about in the past um, is kind of just—they're just letting it go. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's a really good way to explain it. Just aww. So yeah, Jack being there for Victor, I loved it. Um, I actually like Victor a lot more as a character than I used to. So um, he's grown on me too. Jack has always been one of my favorites. So it's nice to see that the two of them are actually okay with each other and that Jack stepped up and did the right thing and um it is kind of heartbreaking to see what Victor's going through and um it it's hard to say like I mean Eric Braden the actor who plays Victor hasn't said that he's leaving the show um but you know so at a certain point you would imagine that 
they he, Eric Braden wouldn't want to do it anymore just because he's you know at a certain age it probably does take a lot to keep showing up at the studio and all the work um not he hasn't said that he doesn't want to do it but um i'm almost wondering if this is a way to actually get victor to leave the show um but we've also seen the tweets and i know i've mentioned this before with eric braden like basically making a joke of it like he's not going anywhere so this could just be something that passes too but the the, my thought is still there so i wanted to mention it um jerry jacks Aaron braden must be getting a uh retirement package (laughs) could be um we haven't heard anything official um jerry jacks just as long as they don't have victor and jack sleep with each other i don't think that they would at this point um drum i think with jack it is um i need to be the man that my father raised me to be yeah and that's true too and that's one of the things i really like about jack as a character is that he is like that and i know he's had his moments even in the present he's had his moments where he hasn't always made the right decision but jack is to me um one of the characters that always tries to do the right thing at least as far as i've seen him um okay so um we'll read two more comments and so jerry jacks eric goes to germany as tony geary went to amsterdam and i guess like that's a theory of what could happen and then drew m says i don't know if i could watch ynr if victor was no longer on the show and i feel like a lot of people would feel that way too especially with nikki um and we even like they flashed back to this this week just to specifically you know make sure that we remembered nikki saying she's not ready to live to go on this journey without him and so i think that we know that nikki will always love victor and i don't see this being um like obviously of anybody who's going to feel the effect of victor's death or or victor leaving obviously it would be her and they're like at this point nikki and victor are like the classic ynr couple so i think a lot of people would be very hurt to see them go either of them uh hubby joe is here he says spoilers promise that despite eric braden's age 78 he has no plans to leave in the past he's joked that he would stick with the cbs soap until he dies and they wheel him out in a box and this was from um what he just quoted was from june 11th of this year so yeah i i I don't think he's going anywhere but it is just a thought um and then Jerry Jack says, we need ghost John Abbott back again. Um, we haven't gotten any ghost Dina lately, speaking of ghosts. Um, and yeah, and that's probably a really good place for us to, on a ghostly note, get to our law moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, go- yeah, okay, my jokes are terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> He agrees. <laughs> um, okay, my law moment this week was with Elena and Devon. We had Elena. Um, we had Devon. He had a he had a gift for Elena, and he Elena kind of saw it before he meant her to, and so he goes, "All right." Like she says, "Well, I'm going to give you my sad face if you don't give it to me." Blah blah blah, and then he says, "Well, maybe if you." give her give me your excited face i'll do it and she literally like gives this really like excited face and it was really funny it made me laugh um and just like 
the way that she committed to it. And that's the thing, like, so Brittany Sarpy, she was on the show um, a, maybe a couple months ago now, a uh, really nice person, and I can, I, I love her acting, and, like, I want to give her a shout-out because Elena, like, okay, so the choices that we see with Elena, I, I can feel, I could feel, like, the difference between when we were watching Elena and then we were watching Elena the surprised face, which I think shows a testament to Brittany Sarpy that she's able, that she's so good at acting that I don't even feel like she's acting until her character is acting excited, and then we see that she's acting. So, shout out to her for that. I just thought that was a really brilliant moment. And yes, <laughs> and I, yeah, claps all around. Definitely claps all around. Um, Jerome says Elena needs to get a uh, new career because EMTs lose people all the time and she can't keep breaking down. Yeah, that is something that we saw with her. Uh, Jerry Jacks, Elena will end up with Nate. Oh my goodness, I actually thought the same thing. So let's jump to our predictions and I can tell you what mine are. So after Buzz TV predictions. <laughs> Ryan, I like it better when you do it. <laughs> So, the um, prediction I have about Elena and Nate. So, okay, Drew mentioned everything with Elena coming back and breaking down because somebody passed away on the job after she promised, after they made her promise that she would save them and they died. So, the scene that um, Jerry is kind of alluding to is everything that happened when Elena was crying and Nate was there for her. And, okay, so... Elena initially went into Devon's arms, but then it was really Nate who talked her down from that place that she was in. And so I'm going to go with Jerry Jacks. I'm going to say that eventually Elena will end up with Nate and that it's going to be this big feud and so terrible and, and just, yeah, especially after what we saw between Nate and Abby and how that is going swimmingly bad. Um, so that's my prediction there. Um, <laughs> Hubby Joe at AfterBuzz TV Dramas. What was that? I think referring to our, you know, to our predictions. <laughs> I, it won't. I'm sorry. Just the soundbite did not work this time around, you guys. <laughs> well, um, my final predictions. Oh, Dulaman and then Abby and Devon will finally end up together. All right, we had to. I had to squeeze that in. Um, Victor, I think. Uh, I know, like I kind of already went into this, but I'm. I think that. It's either going... Oh, here we go. It's here. (laughs) So, so everybody, are you ready for the predictions? Um, (laughs) Final predictions, though. Um, I think that Victor is going to be okay unless we get news that Eric Braden is um, going to retire. But if he's not, then I think Victor's going to be okay. But I think he might have some... um, I almost wonder if he's going to end up having to go back on that medication that was causing the um, cognitive issues and that it's going to be like a semi-permanent thing and that he's going to struggle mentally for a while, but he is going to be cured. So there's my prediction there. Um, And then, honestly, my only other prediction, we kind of touched on this too, but it has to do with Chelsea. 
Um, I think that there's something going on with the five million and that it, it's kind of like something shady's happening. And then lastly, with the custody situation, um, I feel like maybe nobody will get Christian and that he will end up in foster care. So um, on that note, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. My name is Rachel Goodman. You can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on Instagram on my author uh, Instagram account at Rachel Radner author also if you enjoy reading books you can join uh, me on Facebook at Rachel Radner to see me discussing my books that I'm writing and lastly if you want to talk about YNR during the week we have a Facebook page at Restless Rap where you can go leave comments follow I always post the link to the show there and we always talk about YNR thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.